I do work with the abundance that there is enough for everybody to go around. There's no competition. There's no, you know, we're all where we need to be. Podcast Junkies, episode one, two, six. Welcome back. If you are new, then I am Harry Duran, and you have never heard my voice before. And if that's, that is how you ended up here for the first time, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So uh, I'd love to find out how you found out about the show. Regular listeners will know that I have a quirky sense of humor, but uh, every weekly we do this. We have conversations with amazing podcasting minds. Last week was no exception. Tina Dietz of the Start Something podcast, really smart, smart as a whip, um, and I, she coaches people on building businesses, and her approach to the conversations she has with her clients um, in helping them get started is really it was really eye-opening for me, and I really appreciated her taking the time and, 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 and imparting some of that knowledge. And she was born <laughs> uh, to do this with a microphone in her hand, I think it's, she said at age two or, or three, um, and from she's just been on a roll from there. So this week, it's actually another Tina, Tina Conroy, and Tina Conroy is a self-described intuitive, and based on that, and probably because of that, when Katie Kremitzos uh, indicated that I should interview her, I said yes almost right away, because uh, she told me a little bit about what Tina, uh, Tina was doing with her show. And we agreed on the lunch line at PodFest. <laughs> so you'll get a feeling for why um, and how it turned out in a few seconds. But I want to thank Ashore for being a, a sponsor of the show, a, a sponsor for some time now. Um, I'm working here with my SM7B, and I've been testing the MV51s uh, in the field. And as always, really happy with uh, microphones I was raving about last week, the SRH 840s, super sexy uh, headphones. I didn't realize uh, ear pads could be that comfortable. So head on over to uh, podcastjunkies.com slash Shure, S-H-U-R-E, uh, to see the list of equipment I'm currently using and some more information about the Motive line. Uh, we are also sponsored by a company called Podbean. And it's Podbeam because it's podcasting and uh, like peas in a pod and uh, like uh, the staples, uh, that's what podcast hosting is. And go with a company that's trusted and is really looking out for new podcasters. They have plans starting as low as $3 and $9 for unlimited. Um, I can't say enough good things about the folks that I've had the pleasure of interacting with uh, that, that work on the Podbean team. And I just look for opportunities to engage with them further. So um, stay tuned till the end when we have our retention hashtag. And if you're new to the show, that's the way we find out who's been listening. It's a quirky little hashtag I put that's related to the episode. Enjoy my conversation with Tina. We met on the lunch line at Podfest. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. what I've found fascinating is that as, I, as I've established these relationships over the past three years, I get a feeling for who is a really good connector of people, and Katie is one of those people. And so if she says, like, you two should meet or you two should talk, almost like sight unseen, you know, I have a very a handful of friends that if they tell me I should meet someone, I'm like, okay, that's it. Or, or just or, or have a, a further conversation with someone. I'm like, they know me and I know them and I know they know what's good for me and 
and I, I take their advice and almost every single time it turns out even better than expected. Yeah. Katie's been amazing. I, you know, I joined her Facebook group and I just loved her podcast and out of all the women biz kind of business stuff, she just relates to me on many levels. She's very down to earth and I don't know, she just connected with me and we just kind of connected through a couple of programs. I did some coaching with her and then I, it was so PodFest was so out of my reach. It's so not a normal, I'm usually doing these yoga retreats and stuff like this. And it was so refreshing because everybody was, not that I didn't think anybody would be nice, but it was so different than what I normally experience. I mean, everybody was down to earth, normal. They were all eating, you know, not vegan, not this, not that, like just having a good time and so supportive. Um, it's been, it was great. And she, it was awesome. Just even being on her panel, I was like, Ooh, okay, I'll talk. But she's been a great connector. And I did, I, I actually, um, last week I was on Glenn's show on that horse on the, uh, horses in the morning. Oh, yeah. He did, he did 10 podcasters that were non-horse people and Katie was the co-host. And so I was so nervous for my six minutes of fame, but it's been awesome. I mean, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm always thanking her. She's like, Oh, you got it girl. You know, she's like, she, and I joined her elite pro. I mean, I just, it's amazing. I'm learning so much. And we have so many people that she's connecting and more women that I'm meeting and men. And it's great. It's great. When did you first get the idea to start your own show? Well, I actually had a show Back into, let's see, my very first podcast or radio show was Spear Chat Girls with a friend of mine. And I had the idea that we were going to just chat about, you know, spirituality and things like that. And that lasted about a year. And at the time, it was a blog talk radio. And at the time, I didn't know how to do any of this. So she would literally come to my home. We would block out the time and we would talk on cell phones. She would be in one room and I would be on the other talking to each other on cell phones. Crazy. I think back now. And the show was pretty popular, believe it or not, you know, for what it was. And then we kind of broke apart. She she opened a yoga studio in Farmingdale and I stayed here. And then I started get into it with Tina Conroy on Block Talk Radio. And I've had that for about three years, but it was been challenging because nobody could find the name. I had to do a hyphen. And so as soon as I switched over the name, it's been, I moved everything over to the intuitive woman podcast and it made a big difference so far. So we'll see. I, I was going to go with, I looked at many different platforms. I was going to do a whole, you know, lips in and I was doing this whole, a lot of editing because I never did editing before. And block talk radio is all live. So I would do it live and it go and I was good. And I ended up doing, I ended up going to Spreaker because I like the live content and I want to have some yoga moments where I can actually, I have tons of yoga friends where I can go right on this stop, you know, spot and interview them. So I'm having fun. I'm just still learning the, the stuff with it. But yeah, I think that's the right platform for me now. Yeah. Uh, we were chatting a bit there and, and uh, I was giving you a bit of grief over email about the to get into it and yeah. how many people reach out to you for tax advice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I have to tell you what a big difference because I had to do the hyphen because Intuit, I couldn't get, you know, I had two attorneys saying, be careful with the Intuit QuickBooks. So I had the get slash Intuit. So you're, you're naming it. You're like, get hyphen Intuit. And they're like, Intuit. I mean, just, I was like, no one can find me. They're never going to find me. So, I mean, that's, 
And I'm not looking for me. I started it out of passion and I love it. And it's one more platform to me to work with people and work with women and get them into my programs and just, you know, I'm not looking for these amazing download numbers. It'd be nice to have them, but it wasn't my priority. So yeah, people probably find me more in the community and a little outreach. What I think of that. Is, what I think is important is the fact that you started it, as you just mentioned, with this idea of helping women, empowering women, or maybe not even just women, just uh, talking on the topic that you're passionate about. And I think what we've found as podcasters is, is as long as we're consistent, we start to build up this community, we start to have an impact, and you start to get a following, and then people hear you. And they want to connect with you, and you'll see that at those conferences that you, you have fans come up, oh, I love your show, and they give you feedback, and there's just it's just kind of this self-sustaining loop. And I think because you came at it with the intention of trying to help people from the beginning, I'm, I'm personally, I'm a firm believer, uh, I'm super t- tapped into spirituality, and I, and I know that all, all good things happen for a reason if your intentions are good. Yeah, I agree. I think sometimes I, I have to remind myself of what my intention is. Because sometimes since as you get more into the podfest podcast world, which I really wasn't in, and I'm on different Facebook groups now, and I'm looking at all the techie stuff and all the ID three tech like all this stuff, and I'm like, it's okay. What's my intention? What what is my intention to be me? And matter of fact, today for the first time, I have this crazy thing going on. You're lucky that I'm sitting here in a chair. I hurt my back really bad. Yeah, it's like been so I'm I'm like fine sitting here, but it's been so bad since Tuesday. And so I was playing around with Spreaker and I said, you know, I'm gonna do a private six minute, literally a six minute podcast. And I did it. And I talk about the body, how the body speaks to you. And I talked about pain. And I was like, look, I'm in pain and let's chat and what you know, whatever. and I just published it on my Facebook group thinking, oh, you know. Now it's like public. I didn't realize it went out to the speaker world, but I'm like, oh, it's a six minute podcast. You know, I was, I was out there, you know? So it's, if I hold back too long and I try to make it perfect, I just got to go, you know? It's so, it's so funny because my back is hurting me today. Oh, no. <laughs> I, well, all right, where? I hope it's not upper middle back like mine. That'd be no, crazy. No, it's lower. Okay. And I feel like I twisted something strangely you know when you do it and you don't know how it happened but then you realize all of a sudden and back pain is really crazy i had this happen um about three weeks ago i was coming back from a long trip i had a heavy backpack and i threw it on my shoulder and i obviously did it in a way that wasn't kosher because it was one of those back pains that made me have trouble breathing like a serious like that's what i have yeah 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 and i've never (laughs) like when they tell you you've thrown your back out you don't really realize what that is until you've done it and I was trying to get, I remember I was calling the lift guy. He's like, where are you? And I'm like, I'm coming. <laughs> it was like, it yeah. was like, I felt like I was 70 years old and I, it was like trying to run, but I couldn't. And I was, like I said, having trouble breathing. And I sat down and I was trying to find a, a good position, but it's strange how, you know, the, your back is so important, you know, it's, it's your core, right? And, and it's really don't realize how much of it, it, it drives like, your posture and your ability to walk and your ability to function and move around until it's compromised. And mine, I have this, so, you know, I teach 11 yoga classes a week. So that's like my day job. And 
it didn't happen in yoga. I mean, the craziest story is I remember the day is like February 20th. I was meditating in a really relaxed state, sitting in like cross-legged seat on my couch and I had finished meditating and my coffee was a little to the left of my coffee tape and I reached over with my right arm and it spasmed. And I'm like, all right, I can deal with this. So I went on and taught two more classes that day and came back. Sunday, I woke up in excruciating pain. So I've, this has been happening since February 20th. And, you know, I, I'm applying essential oil and I'm calling on the angels and I'm doing all this stuff. And I went to see my myofascia guy, myofascia release. Have you ever done that? That's like crazy. Not yet. And okay, so deep, deep tissue massage, but like amazing. And on and off, on and off. And then Tuesday, that was it. It was like, we are going to knock you on your ass because you're not listening or taking care. And so I've been, since Tuesday, I've been to two acupuncture appointments. And then today I gave in, I was like, I need painkillers. So I just called the doctor and that was my whole six minute show. Like your body, I know this, it's like, I know it. And I've been, you know, fighting it, but my body is speaking to me and I'm like, you know what? I'm not really taking care of myself. I'm not drinking enough water. I'm not getting enough sleep. Um, you know, I'm definitely not eating as well as I could be. And it's going to like wake you up and this is what it's doing. So I, that's kind of my download. I had to cancel all my clients. I had to cancel all my yoga classes. Of course, that makes me feel bad because I, you know, I think I could do it all. So <laughs> well, you, it speaks to the importance of listening to your body. And a lot of people sometimes feel this need to power through it, so to speak, or to just say, oh, I can get through it, or it's not as big as it seems, or even this idea of taking painkillers right now. A lot of people in the, in the wellness community, you know, they, they, they shun that and they say, well, I'm not, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna yeah. fight it out. And I think we've all been at that point where, you know, there's a, there's a time and a place for everything in moderation. Right. And, right. I, and sort of checking your ego and saying, you know what, what is the yeah. good, perfect thing for me at this moment in time? Exactly. Exactly. So for, You're right. so for the benefit of the listeners, can you just help us from a, uh, a definition perspective? What exactly or how would you define an intuitive? An intuitive is a, a person that, well, first of all, everyone's intuitive. So that I want to say right off the bat, because there is this misconception that certain people have it or certain people have the gift. So everybody is intuitive. But when you think of an intuitive, the person that does it as a living is someone that really taps into their guides or their senses to get a message. So they receive that message to help the person that they're speaking with gain some clarity, gain direction and some guidance. When was the first time, do you remember how old were you when you felt like this is something that w was speaking to you? I think the first time that it became really apparent is, well, there's a few times, but one, most of it would happen in my dream state. And I was in college and I tell the story, but it's still a crazy story. It was my boyfriend, who's my husband at the time. And we were way in different colleges. He was in Pennsylvania. I was in Washington, DC. And I had this full blown dream that he was being chased in a open back truck going through this whole like running, like people were running after the truck and there was like ZZ top guys with guns and shock. I mean, it was crazy, crazy. And I could feel the car like bouncing and I can hear, you know, the wind and all this. And I woke up and at the time there are no cell phones. I and mean, we were going back to 
I don't want to date myself, but 1989. And I called the fraternity house, which I got no call. I mean, this is really, and he finally, you know, he finally calls me back and I I, like, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. And I said, I have this dream. And I explained this whole dream. He's like, are you, I won't even say what he said. He goes, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I always knew you were weird. Now I know. Like that was it. We both had this understanding that there was something out there. Yeah. And I pretty much dreamt it to the T. One of his fraternity brothers stupidly uh, threw a beer pitcher through this bar. And the townie guys, where we're talking like rural place in Pennsylvania, got in there, got in their truck with shotguns and chased these college kids. And I dreamt the whole thing. So that was probably the first time that I thought, whoa, this is big. And how do I tap into it? But I was also really scared that this was just a one-time thing. But that was pretty much an indication that there's something going on. Was it scary? No, it wasn't scary. It was just what is. Can you elaborate on that? At the moment that it was happening, or when I was repeating it to him, it was similar to a picture in my mind. That's how I was it in the dream. And I can still remember it today. And it wasn't scary. It was just a knowingness that this had occurred. Now, there has been other things that I have been scared of, but that particular one was not really scary. I was almost like neutral to it. It was almost as if someone else was dreaming it. And I was the witness, which was really weird. How do you have... What are, what's the, the like? What are those initial conversations are um, when you have something like that, which is something that nowadays seems like it's more common, but maybe back then it wasn't as common. And so, how do you start bringing up that topic to people who may never have an experience like that? Back then, when it happened, I didn't really tell anybody. Actually, I only told him. I kept it pretty much on the down low because, see, this other part of it is that I was brought up Catholic. And all this stuff, you know, they call whatever this stuff is, was bad. You know, it was like devil's work. And so I didn't really talk about it because it wasn't supposed to be talked about. That's pretty much the way it was. It's fascinating how how things have changed. I was raised Catholic as well. And, you know, when people ask, you know, a, a very common response to people when they ask about how religious are you, are you is like, oh, I'm, I'm spiritual, but not religious. <laughs> Right, exactly. And I went to Catholic school my entire life. I went to Catholic school from kindergarten until my second year of college, and then I transferred. So, and and I still believe, so this is the interesting part. If someone asked me, what's your religion? I would say Catholic. Now, I don't go to church, and I there's certain things I believe in with the church, but it's not as if I've denounced my religion. It's just that now I have another way to also bring it in. And my children went to Catholic high, you know, Catholic school, but I think it has its place in time. I always say that I may not agree with the church, but I believe in Jesus and I believe in God and so forth. So, well, what's fascinating for me, cause I'm, I like to deep dive into these rabbit holes and um, when you look at the history of the, the Catholic Church, and you, you, start, you have to go back because you've got to remember like the, the Bible was created by, authored by human beings. And 
normal people who decided, you know, they were just editors, right? They're like, okay, these books go in, these don't. Then there's, cause there's a history of the Gnostics and the Essenes and really some stuff that just like, oh, what, what how come no one tells those stories? Cause those are the, those are the really interesting ones. And I like going back to the mystery schools and Egypt and all this sort of stuff. And I always think I'm going to start a new podcast just on that topic because a lot of that stuff really fascinates me. Are you a big history buff? Um, depends on the type of history, like American history, not, not so much, but just like the esoteric stuff is just really fascinating to me. I like history like that as well. You reminded me of a story because I now do a lot of what they call Oracle cards. And so you probably heard of tarot cards cause everybody hears tarot cards. So Oracle cards are similar, but they have prettier pictures. They're lighter in vibration. So there might be angels or things like that. And there's a story. Do you know the story about the Oracle? Have you ever heard? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, so this is a pretty cool story. So back in Greek mythology, there was an Oracle. And they would call, it was usually a she, a a priestess. And she would be in a temple. And so when anybody wanted to have a question, ask a question, they had to do all these things. They had to fast and they had to prepare their body and prepare the question. And all this time would go by and they would go to the Oracle and they present to the Oracle and they would ask their question, you know, about their crops or their farm or their firstborn. And the Oracle would give them the answer. And now the Oracle is most time you hear about oracles, it's in cards. People buy Oracle cards. And when I do readings, not all the time, but I pull cards and I work within them as a divination tool, as an Oracle. So the Oracle who was the person is now, it also is an app, believe it or not, we have apps, right? But that's exactly. And that's the Oracle story. And I love that story because it was it was part of culture. And then as time has gone on, it's changed, but it still reminds us that we had this, you know, ability to kind of intuit ourselves or to ask for someone or to ask for guidance. And I just love that Oracle story. And there might be a lot more to it, but yeah. So can you describe a little bit about your transition? Because, you know, there's a point in time where you had that experience. um, And then there's, Real life takes over, right? And you still have to pay the bills and you still still have to get through what you need to get through. And I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about how you had that. And then that, that obviously forms, it's it's a very defining experience in your life. And then what do you do with that? You know, what, do, you, do you shelve it? You know, do you put it on hold for a little while or do you try to nurture it um, as you start to move into where you are now? If someone had told me five years ago I'd be doing what I'm doing, I would never believe them. I mean, truly would never believe them. So I became a yoga teacher in 2004, and I started teaching to children, and I love teaching to children. And then I went on and taught for teens and adults. In that time period, probably around 2007, and I kind of knew I had this ability, but again, I kind of pushed it off. And in 2007, someone I knew was doing a Reiki circle. Uh, energy Reiki circle. And so I sat in and I experienced this energy of Reiki. And I thought it was pretty cool, you know, and the crystals and kind of just hanging out. And from there, I went on and got my Reiki one certificate. So it was like the first level of training. And I was teaching yoga. And then two years later, maybe like 2008 and 2009, I went through a really difficult period of my life. And I sought out an energy healer. And I went and I started getting regular energy treatments and it changed my life. I mean, it literally changed my life. I had this clarity. I 
felt strong in my spirit. I had, uh, I connected to my intuition and I started to move into that path. And I started to develop in the Reiki energy work along with kind of finding some boundaries and create, I did some courses for, um, psychic work because you have to kind of hone it in. And the this experience was huge. I remember finally having my first client and I had my hands on her, didn't know her. And I'm seeing a full blown picture in my mind of abuse. And it was really scary. It was physical abuse. And there was a guy in her and he threw her against the door and it's just bad. So anyway, I think I'm going crazy. I don't want to say anything. I don't know her. She comes off the table. How are you? She starts chatting with me. And I start asking how she is and make a long story short, she was having an affair with a married man and he was abusing her. And pretty much what I saw for the most part was correct. And then she worked with me for the next six months, got really strong and was able to leave him. At that moment, once I, when I saw it in my mind, I had my hands on her. I didn't know what to do, but when it came out in conversation, I knew immediately that there was something more and I needed to help people. And if I could get them to feel their feelings, because it really is them finding the guidance, I'm not giving it to them. If they connect to that, yeah. that makes all the difference. So that was the real big turning point of the energy work and the readings. And then from there, I I don't always do if a reading, it's just a right on a straight on reading. It's not just energy work. So, yeah. It must have felt uh, empowering to understand that you had that ability and that you could uh, put it to use in a way that was dramatically changing people's lives. It is. And at the time also, and this still happens today, there are moments where I really have to tune in to see if they're ready to hear what I need to say. Because sometimes I really try to check in with spirit if they're ready to hear what I what is meant for them to hear. Because I really believe everybody hears what they want to hear. Yeah. So there has been times where I've had a message where the person wasn't really ready to hear. Matter of fact, I know a couple of years ago I had this, the gentleman, his wife was having an affair with, on him. And he was not ready to hear it. And I didn't say it. I, I kind of scooted around, like, how is your relationship? And kind of got to the questions. Three months later, he came to me and he divulged that she was having an affair. I didn't tell him I knew, but he did. He wasn't ready to process that then. But he was ready to hear the certain things to move into the direction of, you know, they ended up working it out, which was wonderful, whatever worked out. So, yeah. So the, as you started building that into a business, is is did you find that you had to, you had other challenges now? Because once you have a business, once you're an entrepreneur, there's these other things, other skill sets that you may not have even thought you needed to, to work on. And, you know, we touched upon like the, the editing and, and the website stuff. But even as an entrepreneur, like marketing and sales and then how do you get clients and, and how they find you and how you find them, you know, were you, were you struggling a bit in, with learning that as well? I'm I'm always struggling with it. It's a day-to-day process. I feel like a newbie when it comes to that because there was also this money thing, you know, like a money block for myself. Do I charge? What do I charge? And is that correct? And, you know, all of that. So I had to understand that if I'm 
it's okay to charge and to have the worth and to receive. And that's energy as well. And I'm still learning. I'm still learning on building. Uh, you know, I just rolled out my website. So I was excited about that and learning all of business. So I feel like I'm still in the baby steps of it. But within the last year, I've made a lot of a lot of strides and I've had a lot of help with it. So I think this idea of abundance is really important and scarcity mindset. And that's something that I've been working on as well. I do, I do meditation in the morning and do intentions and there's an abundance intention where essentially I'm saying the pie is big enough. There's plenty for everyone. There's a value to what I do. Um, and if I'm providing value in a way that's changing people's lives or, or helping people get to what, where they need to get to, then we shouldn't have a hang up. And I think a lot of people in this, in the spiritual community as well, I think they just, they want to help everyone, but physically and, and like, you know, we only have so much time. And so I think we try to work on things that have, um, maximum reach. A podcast is great because you can reach a lot of people, um, with your help. And if they want to work further with you, then there's ways for, 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 for them to do that. But I think it's, uh, I wonder if, if it's something you've thought about or, or you've worked through this idea of, of abundance and that, that there's enough for everyone and there's this, but there's a piece for you as well and, and that, that it's well-deserved because of the value you provide. I do. And I I do, I do a lot of that as well. I have this little saying that says, money comes easily and freely to me. Yeah. And also, I also want I don't want to say the ideal client, but the ideal person to be open-minded to come to me. So I do this meditation. I've created this meditation. I've learned it. I don't know where, where I create this filigree glass, you know, jar like around me and I let all the light out. And then the people that can see my light that will, you know, gravitate to it are the people that are open and that can receive because the other part is I have, I feel very vulnerable you know, doing readings and doing this work, it's, it's a challenge to put yourself out there. I know it's not me, but it's coming out of the spiritual closet too. So it took me a while to not feel like someone was going to, you know, hang me like a witch or something, you know, whatever. So I, I really, I very rarely had a skeptic or somebody that was trying to prove something, but now I do work with that meditation that, and, and I do believe that abundance is really everywhere that universe has my back that universe is with me there it's not against me and it flows it doesn't always flow there's things that happen in life but i do work with the abundance that there is enough for everybody to go around there's no competition there's no you know we're all where we need to be yeah i'm curious because um as we were chatting and i grew up in in, in new york as well Long Island is really blue collar community, right? <laughs> I don't know if it's changed, you know, since since I I used to hang out there, but I'm wondering how what does the spiritual community look like uh now and and is it changing? So where I happen to be is I would say, you know, they consider it like the North Shore part of 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 Long Island. So there's a lot of people that are since I, it's mostly women that I work with, but they really know a lot. They've read a lot. They, um, they want to help themselves. There's still this outward appearance. though. there's still this, you know, looking good and there's a lot of the plastic surgery and I'm sure just like LA, you know, to some degree. And so 
I'm, I'm lucky because the places I've been at, the wellness centers that I work at and the, the place I rent space from and, and other yoga studios is allowing them to find me. So that's sort of my core. And they find me, they might find me because they want to do yoga and have a nice looking body, but over time, then they want to create that spirituality. So I'm lucky that I have a, a place that people can actually find me in physically. And I probably see over a hundred or so people a week in my classes. So, you know, varied. And there's always something, there's always a, a nugget that I can, you know, teach or, you know, learn from them as well. And how has the response been from your family and, and <laughs> close friends? My family is, is great now. I think, I think in the beginning, well, my, my children and my husband have always been amazing. My, I have a 23 year old and a 19 year old boy and then girl. And my husband has always been very supportive. He is completely different than me, black and white. I mean, he's like wall street, black and white. And I'm, you know, we're like, we work, we just make it work. My kids have been amazingly supportive. My parents and things like that, they are finally on board I think they had no idea, absolutely no idea what the heck. At first, it was, why are you teaching yoga? And then it was like, Reiki, like <laughs> everything's a big deal. They still don't listen to my podcast. It's, you know, I, I always say, you can't even get your mother to listen to your podcast, you know? <laughs> that's, true. that's actually true for most podcasts. Crazy. I would think my, or, or spouses like won't even, you know, it's just, it's just not, they don't have the same interest in the topic, you know, because... And we, there's no point in trying to force them to listen, you know, but right. I think it, it either, they're either drawn to it or they're not. But I imagine if they had a podcast that was in, in something that they're passionate about, they would listen, you know, religiously, like every single week. And, and that could be a common shared interest. So, um, right. but it's, I'm glad to hear that they, it seems like they're, they're coming around to it. Yeah, they're pretty, no, they're pretty cool. And today I have to say, I have to do a shout out to my sister, Amy. I put that six minute podcast on my Facebook group and she texted me. I'm so sorry. Your back's hurting. I'm like, what? she actually, she actually heard it. So it, it sometimes they surprise me. Yeah. Sometimes they surprise me. Well, what's interesting is what, what you're doing and maybe it was inadvertent, but testing this idea of different uh, formats. So, you know, we, we try to do 30 second snippets and I know people are using tools like Clamor or they put their stuff on YouTube or they tweet about it. And so it, everything doesn't have to be a fully structured podcast episode. And, and that was a great example of testing something that's short, gets it out of your head because a lot of times we overthink it and we're like, oh, I'm going to do an episode on my back. And then it's like two weeks later and, and it doesn't have that same um, relevancy or immediacy because you want people to feel what you're feeling in the moment. And the best way to do that is just like capture, have a method for capturing that and just getting it out there. And, like, and I think to your point, just don't overthink it. Right. And I think I would have overthought it. I actually thought it was going to be private. I had it tagged as private. And then when I went to said, uh oh, okay, it's out there. <laughs> well, that's the, that's the power of um, intentions that you may not even be aware of, which I think is really fascinating because like, you know, spirit or universe wanted that message to get out and said, I'm going to make you think that you're just sending it out to your friends or something, or it's going to be private. <laughs> but I think, you know, um, there was a, a something larger at work because that needed to get out to other people. So I, I love it. I love that stuff that fascinates me the way things work sometimes. Exactly. So talk a little bit about um, some of the, the, 
the lessons you learned or anything that, that was surprising as you, you were getting your podcast started or even some of the conversations you had? There's, there's so much to learn. And then at the same time, it's exactly what you said. Just do it. Don't overthink it. And I, because I was doing live radio for three years, I felt like I had, I, I felt like I had a little bit of a step up but I never thought about it. And then all of a sudden I got into this nervousness that I don't have the right equipment and I don't have, you know, certain things. And I had to really take a step back and just say, you know, just do it. But I've learned, I don't know, I just keep learning. I was, I was listening to something today and they were talking about duration and the show and should it be 30 minutes or should it be two hours and stats. And I also, there's many different platforms. I've been playing with different platforms because I wasn't sure where I was going to go. So I played with Zencaster. I played with Zoom. I played with Skype. I, you know, I've done all of that and I love them all. I just had to find something that worked for me. So I love that I can also go in a group and ask a question and ultimately somebody can get back to me. I love that. And I love the community. I, I loved, you know, last night they did the premiere of the messengers yeah. And, you know, I was watching the face, someone did a Facebook live and I was like, oh, wow, my friends are in Tampa and I'm in New York. Like, I really feel like they're my friends, you yeah. know, like I feel connected. It's this interesting, especially with the podcast community, because I've been to conferences when I was at my nine to five job, um, you know, software conferences, what have you. And it was just something that magical that happened when I started going to conferences around podcasting, when I first decided to have uh a podcast. And then when I started doing one, and then uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty lucky because I actually get to interview other podcasters. So I get to make a lot of friends in the podcasting community. But it becomes your tribe, you know, and you get to geek out for three days and you get to talk <laughs> about downloads and microphones and, and hosting. And, you know, where else are you going to have those conversations? I know. <laughs> Definitely not with my family. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and it's just, great because you just developed this connection like you said they are family i did see that um i had a conversation earlier today with tina Dietz, who was at podfest as well oh she, i love tina yeah we connected yeah, yeah. And, she, and she was talking about the the release of the documentary which i think is going to be amazing for the community because it's sort of putting this spotlight on something where you can like you can relate to the people on the screen like they're real people like they're just they're all in the common thread is that they're podcasting and i think it's going to you know, inspire people to just like, you know, well, maybe I can do this. And if they're having that and they seem like normal everyday people, like I have something that I want to speak passionately about. And, you know, it's the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. You're doing what you're doing. It's because we felt like there's something that's pushing us to, to, to give this message out to a broader audience. Did you ever have the question? I have to share this with you because I used to get this when I first started my podcast and my mom would always say to me, are you making any money with this? Do, do people ask you that a lot? That's like the first question. <laughs> it's, I wanna, I, I'm like, mom, it's part of the platform. It's part of the bigger picture. It's like, why is she asking me this, right? Because when you do something for passion, I, didn't, I never thought that I was ever going to make money with it when I first started. I just thought it was me having fun. Yeah. And it's the best way to go. But I must get that question all the time from them. Yeah, I think it's interesting because it, I was having this discussion earlier with someone. The corporate environment and the entrepreneurial circles are completely like two different orbits and like rarely like overlap. 
and the conversations are just so different. And when you're, you have your own business, you know, you're just dealing with so many different things and this idea of like how to keep it going. Do you want to still keep going? And you're your own boss and you've got to motivate yourself and you've got to get up in the morning. You're like, okay, I have to have the day organized. <laughs> and you, know, you see uh, not in your head because I'm sure a lot of this goes through and every, every day is different, right? Every day has a different challenge. And as opposed to like the nine to five, you just every two weeks is like money magically being deposited in your account <laughs> and you don't have yeah. to have any of those worries. I mean, I wouldn't change a thing, but it's definitely not for everyone. No, I agree. And, and it is a question I get because especially like when it's your parent, like you're doing so much, is this worth it? You know, it's like, Oh gosh, <laughs> yes, it's worth it. It makes me happy. And so. I think that's the most important thing. And I'm sure it's the same advice you would give to your children too. Like you want to see them happy at the end of the day. And as I've had discussions, trying to explain what I do to my parents and that I produce podcasts and it's, it's like a radio show, but it's online and, and then they pay for that. And they're like, yeah, they pay me for that. <laughs> it's just fun to watch, but I, hopefully those conversations get easier and easier. But I, I, I don't know where your, your, your children are in their, in their journey. If, if they've had thought about it or if they've seen what you do and that inspires them. You know, they've been great when they, when I told them I was going to PodFest and then I did the new podcast, I changed my name and, and I, it was just actually, um, approved on iTunes a couple of days ago. So I switched everything over and my, my daughter and my, you know, I send it like a text message to them. They were like, we're so proud of you, mom. That's so awesome. Matter of fact, my son on one of an earlier show, not this show, but the earlier show, he did my intro. He's a guitar player. So he did my intro and he did some stuff on garage band so nice. and, um, yeah, it was great. So I still have those shows, like 70 shows of him, you know, can you say this? You know, I, like, I was just so raw, you know, <laughs> so rare, like that. Yeah, we just grow. And what you've probably found is that you're now inspiring other people to do their own thing, right? To follow their passion. I hope so, because that's really, that's one of my biggest missions is to follow your passion. And when you follow your passion, you can live a, a really beautiful life. I mean, look, things are going to happen in life, but your passion is always going to drive you to connect to your spirit and connect to, you know, a really good life. I'm really happy that these conversations are becoming more normal, about these discussions about spirituality and this idea to just that it's a part of who we are. And I think in the past people would feel like, oh, I don't want to like bring up that topic because it might make people think that I'm a little weird. And it's almost like I feel like uh, I've had this discussion with someone about this idea of the word woo-woo. It almost like woo-woo is sort of like downplay spirituality nowadays, and I'm trying not to say it because it's almost like treating it like it's something like lighthearted. So you just have to like own the fact that I'm spirit, you know, own the fact that I'm spiritual, own the fact that I believe in like a higher power, universe, spirit, whatever you want to call it, and it literally um, affects how I live my day-to-day -day life. Like I said, you know, the intent with the intentions and the, and the meditation. And I think it encourages other people and empowers other people to just feel like that's, it's normal. It's right. It's normal. It's not, not normal anymore. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and it's happening more and more. Yeah. And then, and I think just shows like yours, um, are, are really important. I went to a festival called the conscious media festival, which I thought was fascinating. It was in, um, Austin, Texas, which is a, a spiritual and progressive place already. But this idea of 
people who are talking about raising consciousness using these platforms. And we all have a responsibility to do it and we all do our little part. But because of all the conversations happening now with, with like news and, and just politics, there's already like thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of platforms for that noise, right? Mm-hmm. So why can't there be hundreds of thousands of platforms, blogging, YouTubers, uh, podcasters, each with a consciousness raising theme? And so like all that together, I think, so that's why like anytime I see people doing it, I want to support them. And I think we can't have enough of it. And I think it's something that as we move into this really tumultuous time uh, as a society, I think the more we do it, the more we just sort of empower all of us to f- help us feel that we're on the right path. I have a teacher, a spiritual teacher who I love dearly, and she talks about the balloon effect. And I, I believe in this. So the balloon effect is if you're the balloon and you are you know, connected to your spirituality and your spirit, as you expand and grow, the people around you will, will grow with you because you're, it's like inflation, right? So it's a beautiful, if you think about that, you're the balloon effect. So yeah. your beliefs and your meditating and, you know, maybe your wife sees you meditate or your friends see you meditate and then, oh, wow, Harry's doing this. So it's called the balloon effect. And I remember this early on, she told me, because my husband's not a meditator, like I said, things like that. He supports me. But the balloon effect has affected him and my children in its own way. And everybody has their own vibration, but we're all creating this effect. So it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's, I've never heard that. And it's really, really well put. And it it sort of, um, I feel that it helps us be more conscious of the impact we're having on others too. So I think that that we know that what we're doing, uh, although it makes us feel good, there is a residual effect and it, it, it I think is it, there's a bit of responsibility that comes with that, that we have to be conscious of what we say and try to um, just continuously, like I, I was talking to a, a guest yesterday about this, this idea of watching your ego and not letting it get out of hand and making sure that what we're doing is not, we're not only saying the words, but we're living them as well. And it's something that I, I'm challenged with uh, and battling with regularly because I want to say good things. I want to, I want to try to live good things as well. So there's a saying in, in yoga, like Satnam. Have you ever heard Satnam? Yeah. I, so I, it's, I do Kundalini yoga. Oh, well, there you go. So <laughs> Satnam. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, uh, it's, it's been very helpful to have that as a, as a balanced practice. And yeah, I just, I, it's sort of, I feel it's this, this idea of placing like drops into like this, this spiritual container, uh, a little bit every day, um, and under and with the realization that it's that you're never going to be done. <laughs> it's just going to always be something you're you're practicing, and you just sort of weave it into your your day to day life. Yeah, I agree. So, um, as as we wrap up here, I wanted to ask you a couple of other questions. Uh, <laughs> how's it go- how's it going so far for you? It's good. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Uh oh! What are you? What are you gonna? What are you gonna get me now? Okay. Um, what is? Uh, what's something that's uh, misunderstood about you? I think one thing that's misunderstood about me is that I'm pretty serious. I think because I I kind of work in the healing and the yoga and the meditation that I'm really serious and I have a really funny side to me, 
And my favorite thing is upside down roller coasters. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like totally upside down roller coasters. Like, you know, rock and roller coaster at Disney World. Have you ever been to that one where it's upside down? There's a few in the country that I love. And yeah, I just love the thrills and I'm not really always serious. I I think I'm also, because of what I do, it's like the serious thing, but yeah. So are you, uh, do you like uh, practical jokes or do you <laughs> got, like, um, is it just more of like the adrenaline of, and the fun of like doing silly stuff like, or, or fun stuff like the roller coasters? I, it's definitely not jokes. It's like silly stuff. Like I love, I have different voices with my close friends. I'll go into these Southern drawls or I'll go into the New York accent and I just will go off and do these silly things. And one of the funniest thing is I had gone to India the first time and the only time so far in 2012 and I was traveling with three other women and one of them didn't know me as well. And I was just silly, being silly. And she turned to one of my friends and said, I didn't really realize Tina was funny at all. You know? <laughs> Because I, I was doing this whole yoga trip, like I was doing this whole thing. I don't know. It was just I became this yoga person, and but like silly, you know, yeah. it's like really silly, silly stuff. Yeah. Well, I think it's important to have that aspect of you. You can't really take life too seriously, and I think people that don't know how to laugh, first of all, at themselves, you know, and um, just it, it's hard to be around people that are always so serious because that's I, I think we we definitely need that levity and we we definitely need that balance. Yeah. What's the uh, one thing you're most proudest of accomplishing? I think the proudest thing is that I'm actually doing this work. Really, that's it. Because I I never thought I would. And I, I'm really proud that I was able to listen to my heart and listen to my spirit and and do this. Because I feel that I need to get away from myself. I need to step out of myself and really do this for other people. But that's the most proud I feel because I never would have thought I've done this. I would have done this before. Well, it seems by virtue of you doing it now, um, a lot of times we start something we don't realize like what it can lead to, and it's led to this conversation. <laughs> it's led to uh, you connecting with Katie and, and her connecting us yeah. and. And who, who knows, like in 12 months, I'm sure we're going to talk or we're going to see each other at the next podcast or maybe even sooner and just be like, whoa, I, I, you know, uh, Dave Jackson of School of Podcasting likes to say, because of my podcast story, um, and I'm sure you have a handful of those already. And I, and I think because you're doing something that, that fires you up and that's adding value, um, like you're doing with the Intuitive Woman podcast, I just can't imagine that you know, nothing but good things are going to come out of it. And, and I'm, I'm excited to see what the next 12 months look for you. Oh, thank you. I am too. And it's true. It's amazing. It keeps evolving. And even the last couple of weeks, I, I meeting people that I never knew existed. So it's great. So Tina, where's the best place for folks to track you down online if they want to continue the conversation? So my website is tinaconroy.com. And that's probably the best place to find me. They can email me at tinaconroy111 at gmail.com. And of course, the podcast. So intuitivewomenpodcast.com. <laughs> Are you active on social media? I am. I'm very active on Facebook, okay. uh, a bit on Instagram, and a little bit on Twitter. So I should say those are the big three. I have a very big Facebook group, and I do a live at five on Friday. It's a live reading interaction reading 5 p.m eastern time and that group is the intuitive woman group and i can invite 
you know, it's men and women, I should say, and it's invite only. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, what's the, the, is it the full name for that? The intuitive women? Podcast? It's the intuitive. It's actually the intuitive women group on Facebook. Okay. So we'll yeah. make sure we have links to all of those as well. Um, okay. See what we can do to grow that community. Yeah. Thanks. Well, thanks for spending time with me. Uh, I'm glad we, uh, I'm, thanks again to Katie for connecting us and yes, like-minded, I know. Like, like-minded souls. And um, I'm, I'm really excited at, at what you're doing. Again, this anything we can do to raise consciousness is going to be a good thing. And hopefully we will see a hundred more podcasts like this uh, in the coming months. Well, thank you so much. I am so grateful to be here and I love just being able to chat with you and, and I feel like you're right here. So <laughs> <laughs> have a fantastic day. You too. So thanks again to Tina for coming on and walking us through that journey of how she started her show, how she uh, related to this tool that she had of being an intuitive and how that has affected her engagement with people on a day-to-day basis. And I just love the combination of using the platform of a podcast to get this message out and understanding that what's something that could have only been done one-to-one in with people in person can now be done virtually by how your message is vibrating and touching other people. So a lot of times people think that this spiritual work can only happen in, when, when you're in close proximity to each other. And I think that's total BS. I think you can actually affect people on a vibrational level and make them feel good uh, with the power of a podcast. And this episode was a really vivid reminder of that. So we are a member of Podcastica. Head on over to podcastica.com to see the latest collection of episodes and collection of podcasts that we're working on all the time. There's so many uh, really talented podcasters in that group. I, I really encourage you to check out one or two. Um, if you haven't, just take a peek and see if anyone, uh, you, one, any of them you might find interesting. Uh, music is provided on the show by Cedar and Soil. Head on over to cedarsoil.com to listen to all his latest fantastic music. Thanks again to our sponsors, Shore, podcastjunkies.com slash Shore, and Podbean at podbean.com slash podcastjunkies. Tune in next week for a conversation with Ramona Rice, a.k.a. Sports Gal Pal. Ramona is an incredible, incredible bundle of energy. Uh, we, As we tend to do, we met at a podcasting conference a couple of times and uh just kept in touch and I saw that she had a show she was she had been working on and you know some things in passing and you, you only know some things when uh, you actually get to meet the person and talk to them for an hour like we did uh, in our upcoming conversation so I, I hope you'll check that out um, really touching touching story about um, her life and and the things she's had to go through with her show and and with her her life in general that I think um, will resonate with a lot of you folks. So please uh, take the time to check that out. If you've made it this far, the retention hashtag, uh, we'll call it, this one's another uh, thing you'll have to spell out, but it's Intuit, I-N-T-U-I-T pod, Intuit pod. Hopefully that's not too much of a mouthful. Mouthful. You can find Tina at T Conroy Yoga. So it's T, but it, uh, there's only one Y. So T Conroy, T-C-O-N-R-O-Y-O-G-A. And uh, I can be found at podcore underscore, podcast underscore, long day, podcast underscore junkies. Uh, tag us both uh, with Intuit Pod. Uh, that's it. Have a fantastic week. Thanks for your support. Thanks for putting up with my ramblings. And uh, I love the fact that you're getting value out of this in the comments. Keep coming. And I keep loving them. 
and I'll keep doing them. Deal?